Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I pray you are empowered to walk in the fullness of your God design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. talk about redefining relationships. So it's important to understand that we have the power to change patterns, the pattern of any relationship. So you and this person, so let's say you now, how many of you feel like you have at least one relationship in your life that needs a little refining? Okay. I have one or two that still need some refining, right? So it's important for you to understand, I talked a little bit last night about how Brad and I were like, man, we've got 24 years of some unhealthy patterns. And we wanted to work together to change, to redefine those patterns. Now, we talk a lot about setting healthy boundaries. And what I want you to know is you can set a healthy boundary. And, and a lot, this, this whole topic is so difficult because it really it re- re- requires a lot of, the spirit is all over me right now. It requires a lot of personal examples, Right. You can set a healthy boundary. So a lot of times people will come to me and say, well, I want to change, but the person doesn't. If this is a relationship that you know God wants you to stick it out, marriage is a great example, God wants you to stick it out, I want you to know that you changing you will enforce change in the pattern of the relationship. Why? Because we typically mirror spirits. Now, if you remember in Ephesians 6.12, it says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. But we wrestle with powers of darkness and principalities. But when I'm engaging with somebody that I have difficulty with, what am I usually engaging with? I'm engaging with their demons. Come on, let's just call it like it is. If somebody's jealous and I respond to their jealousy by going, oh, I don't want you to be jealous, and I just want you to feel really confident about yourself, it's okay. I am literally playing checkers with their demons. The demon went like this, and I went like that. Okay? We call that mirroring spirits. You come at me angry, I'm going to come at you angry. Or you come at me angry, I'm going to be the victim. Whatever your pattern is. See, we respond. Either way, you're, mirroring, you're, you're responding to that spirit versus responding to the spirit of God. This is why it goes back to last night's message. I have to have an understanding of the attributes of God, the love of God for me. If I'm confident in a moment when somebody looks at me and says, I think you're a teetotal, and if I'm like in this moment like, bro, I'm so sorry. And in my mind I'm thinking, I'm totally loved by God and you have a right to your opinion and I would love to know how I can change that. But I'm responding out of confidence, out of courage. I'm responding in love. I've not come at them. I've not, I'm not even going to shut down their freedom, to be honest. I appreciate you sharing that with me. How many would say that? Like, if somebody comes at you and says, I think you're being a right now, you'd be like, I really appreciate you being honest with me. It took a lot of courage. <laughs> How many of you know that spirit in them is going to go, that demon is going to be like, ooh, I sent some love. We out of here. That's what that demon is going to do, Right? So in every relationship, so I have my little gears and gadgets. In every relationship, let's pretend like this is you, and this is your life. And you just doing life. Can you guys see over there? You're just, okay. Thank you for your honesty. That took a lot of courage for you to be honest. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Give it up for Liz again. 
Okay, now can you see? Oh, perfect. Okay, so this is you, and you're going about your life, okay? And this is your people. This is your spouse. This is your boss. This is your boss's spouse. And we just doing life, right? So what I want you to know is every relationship is like a machine. And there are movements and there are patterns. I'm having a good day. It affects my husband this way. I'm having a bad day. It affects my husband this way. Okay, now let's reverse it. This is my boss and this is me. My boss came in and he's in a bad mood. Oh, my God, and now I'm spun out. I'm literally spun. I got to work harder. I might get fired. Oh, my boss is in a great mood. I just got a, I just got a raise. Oh, I feel good. I feel successful because my boss said I'm doing a good job. So every, every relationship in our life has an effect on us, okay? So if this is an unhealthy pattern, if I have an unhealthy relationship, the whole machine is messed up, and this person decides I'm angry, and therefore I typically react, mirror, and I'm like, you're angry, I'm angry. I can't change that person's anger, but what I can change is I'm angry, I'm not. And what's it doing? It's forcing a change on this. So I'm not worried about changing that person. Come on, this is so important. Because we think setting healthy boundaries is all about changing that person. A good healthy boundary is when it enforces your design, but it also enforces the other person's design. That's why I say to Brad a lot, I think we could have done better. I think we could have done better. I feel like that conversation was terrible, and I think we could do better. Like, we say that a lot. Because why? Because we know we have this old pattern that, that the enemy wants us to swing back into. And when we catch ourselves operating in old pattern, old forms of communication, I'm like, oh, we didn't, we didn't talk three nights this week while you were gone. Baby, we can do better. He's like, oh, I know. We can do better. We can do better. We can do better. Right? So then the next day he'll send me a text that's like, I send, L send, O send, V. That's his, like, staple makeup where he texts I love you one letter at a time. He thinks it's hilarious because I'm with clients and somebody watches going ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, oh, my God. <coughs> it's just the fun things. So what I, I need you to see is I don't have to change the whole machine. If I change me and I no longer live in reaction, but I become the person I want to be in a moment. That's the shirt that's out there. Who do you want to be? So when I'm in a counseling room and they're like, well, he said this, and then I said that, and I said, is that what you wanted to say in the moment? Is that who you wanted to be? Is that your best you? Is that the best the Spirit in you can do? Well, let's talk about, let's invite the Holy Spirit into this conversation, and how would you respond? Because if we're mirroring the Spirit of Jesus, we would respond completely different. And it forces a change in the entire pattern of the relationship. So if you remember when Jesus goes into the temple, and he, there's a design for the temple. Remember, you're the temple. There is a design for the temple. And when he sees that the design is completely off kilter, he begins to toss the tables. He gets upset. He gets vexed. He gets a righteous anger on him because he says, this is not at all the design that I have for this institution. And there are times when we often put the institution above the design that God has for the institution. And I'm saying this very gently because I believe that God, this is an I believe, this is not, 
I believe that God wants to protect the sanity of an individual before he protects the institution of marriage. That's an I believe. You can disagree with me. You are free to disagree. Now, does that give us an out and give us an excuse to not work on our marriage and do the hard things? No. But it is our empowerment to say, hey, there are some things that need to change. And I can no longer, I'm no longer okay with the way you're speaking to me right now. That's a beautiful, healthy boundary. Oh, I see you're upset right now, and I don't feel okay with the way you're talking to me. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in the other room. I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to let you take a breather. And when we're ready to talk to each other in the way we're designed to be talked to each other, let's come back and let's try this again. Now, half you people in the room are going, seriously? Yes, seriously. Absolutely seriously. For sure. I said, uh, again, I'll probably cut this out just for the sake of proof. I have a 15-year-old son. And uh, last week he, I got an email from his teacher, second email I got in about some zeros he has. And I'm like, bro, are we going to do this again this year like we did last year or whatever? And, uh, and he just responds to me just super curtly and goes, I'm just really not in the right headspace to have this conversation with you. And I'm thinking in my head, I have like multiple responses, mostly laughter in my head because this is my sixth kid and so I'm like so over it. So I'm like, but at the end of that, you know, want to know what I said to him? It took a lot of courage for you to be honest with me about where you're at right now. Now, in my mind, I was slapping this kid across the face. I was like, you do not talk. I could have been personally offended. But I was like, okay. It took a lot of courage. Because you don't typically talk to me like that. And I was like, he must really not be in the good head, right headspace. But how many of you know our, in our inclination in that moment is to take it personally? Come on, moms. We get so offended by our kids. Seriously, get over it. They're kids. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. They're not being a fool because they want to disrespect you. They're just being a fool because that's part of their creation. They're a fool. I mean, the Bible talks about how they're a fool, right? And so we're just trying to guide this foolishness and love the foolishness and say, I love that you felt free to be foolish in front of me. It took a lot of courage for you to be foolish in front of me, <laughs> right? But how many of you know that completely diffused him in that moment? And, and guess who came home the next day and was like, I got all my assignments done today, Mom. Got all my assignments done. Never said another word. Still haven't said another word. Because there was something he communicated that did take a lot of courage. And was it my favorite thing for him to say that? Absolutely not. But it didn't matter. I had to choose how I was going to respond. What would Jesus say right now? When I'm like, you know, Jesus, I'm just not really in the right headspace to have a conversation with you right now. You know? So we have the power to change um, our patterns. Okay? So... What we need to recognize is that we have established patterns in our lives in almost all of our relationships based on wounds, experience, our system. How many of you read my book, Enforcing You? Okay, so we talk about how your system plus your experience equals your reality. It equals your paradigm, which is the pattern that you live within. I was abused as a child. That was my experience. I was not. I was abused as a child. That was my experience, and therefore I live in a pattern of fear. I fear men, okay? Whatever it is. Uh, my, my mom always told me I was a loser. My mom never told me I was a loser. My mom always told me I was a loser, therefore I walk in the mentality that I'm never going to win. I'm going to be a failure for the rest of my life. And I respond, I live my life in response to that lie. 
So let's back up for a moment and let's take a look at these gadgets and gears. And I want you to not see these as people, but I want you to see them as your belief system, which I often say is your BS. Okay. So this is your lie of I'm never going to win. I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to amount to anything. This is your lie. And so you, you wake up and you're feeling really good and you're like, ooh, I'm going to apply for that job. And I'm spinning this way and that lie goes, no, you're not. And you begin to be navigated by that lie in your life. Now, let's pretend like this is the love of God, which eliminates what? My fear. And this is me. And everything I do over here, I hear fear going, you're never going to make it. And love is saying, mm, but it doesn't matter. I love you. Right? So I'm learning to live in response to the love of God. That's why last night's message was so important. How many people were not here last night? Okay. Uh, uh, that's okay. We, we recorded everything. There's no FOMO in the kingdom. God will find you where you're at. I tell people all the time, like, ah, oh, dang it, I can't go. And the Lord's always like, there's no FOMO. If I have something for you, I'll find you in your closet. Okay. So we need to know that we have the power. Because you had the power, every person plays a part in establishing the pattern of a relationship. Even if you are the abused, you play a part. And we have to, I'm not victim blaming, I am victim empowering. I want you to own your part. See, a lot of times we're victimized as children and we bring that victimization. Let's think about the woman uh, at the well. Culture treated her a particular way. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, she said, oh, this is how you're supposed to treat me. I'm a woman, I'm a Samaritan woman, and you're a Jew, and you're a man, and you're not supposed to be talking to me. She tried to teach and train him how to treat her based on her culture, her experience, and her core lives. So when I live in victimization, what we don't realize is I am subliminally teaching and training people to be abusive to me. You can push me around, whatever you think. Liz and I have talked about this a gazillion times as well because she comes from a background of some abuse and she's a two on the Enneagram. I'm a seven, eight on the Enneagram, so I'm like, oh, you know, and so I have to continuously tell her, Liz, you can tell me no, which she does now all the time. And uh, she, she gave me so much pushback yesterday about wearing, I was like, I really just don't wear a head, you're wearing a headset. I just don't really want to wear, you're wearing a headset. We've already decided, we decided before you got here, you were wearing a headset. Oh my God! Uh, so, bless, bless Liz for giving me some pushback because that shows great change in her life, right? And so we teach and train people how to treat us. And so we have to have an understanding of the importance of being healed from our core wounds so that we can change patterns. And how do we heal from our core wounds? In your closet, with God, through the Word of God, through the declarations of the Word of God by cleansing yourself, by purging yourself with the word of God. Last night we talked about, about keeping the wick trimmed. Repentance should be normal in your relationship with the Lord. It should be normal. I mean, I can't hardly go three, three to five minutes without being, oh, so, oh, I, oh, oh, I just, <laughs> you just get like, you get like Paul where he's like, more the more I came to know God, the chiefest of sinner I became. Because I began to, when we're looking in a mirror, when God becomes the mirror that we, or the spirit that we mirror. Remember it talks about if you look into the word of God and you walk away and you forget, it's like a mirror, if you walk away and you forget what you look like, 
That's like the man who looks into the word of God and walks away but doesn't do what it says or become who he says he is. And so when we're talking about mirroring spirits, the more we practice mirroring the spirit of God, how many of you guys know that I do mirror stuff all the time? If you go to my YouTube, in my counseling room, we're always, I have a mirror in my office. Pick up the mirror, say this to yourself. Why? Because I want you to see yourself mirroring the truth of Christ. The otherwise, I'm going to mirror Mikey, or I'm going to mirror Kaylee, or I'm going to mirror, I want to practice in my closet what it looks like to mirror the character of Christ. Lisa, you are of sound mind. You are not unstable. You are not double-minded. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm declaring what is true. Why? Because the Bible says that I have a sound mind, that I am not unstable in all of my ways. Why? Because I ask for wisdom from the Lord, and he gives it to me generously. So I can look at myself in the mirror, and I can mirror that spirit and say, you carry the wisdom of God, and you carry it generously because you ask, God has given it to you. Therefore, you are not unstable in all of your ways. Come on, how many, how many of you need that word? How many of you feel like on a regular basis you are confused? I'm just confused. That is not from God. That is the devil trying to crowd the voice of God. Just because you don't know what decision to make doesn't mean you are confused. Sometimes there are multiple decisions. That doesn't mean I'm confused. It means I'm waiting on the Lord for clarity. But it doesn't mean I'm confused. So we have to learn to practice mirroring the Spirit of God. That's why those mirror talks are so important. You understand you're talking to yourself anyways. Everybody has an understanding that you're like, ugh, ugh. Oh, my skin looks terrible today. We're like all kinds of, all kinds of crazy. Or we're, we're looking at ourselves. Or we're saying that. How many of you can catch yourself on occasionally be like, oh, that was so stupid. Can't believe I did that. Right? We're talking to ourselves, but we're not mirroring the spirit of God. You want to know why? Because God would never go, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. He would never be like, oh. that's not talking to yourself the way God would talk to you. So when we're going into healthy relationships, we're talking about redefining patterns, you have to start with the pattern within yourself. We all have a pattern of thinking. We have habitual emotions. We have habitual thinking that we tend to fall into that pattern. If we're going to change a pattern around us, we have to start with changing a pattern within us. Is this making sense to you guys? Okay, I told you we're just going to do nuts and bolts. We'll, we'll fire it up again this afternoon. Don't worry about it. We're going to get... We're gonna get but this is important. This is so important. So uh, I did the gadgets and gears. We want to be compelled by the love of Christ. It says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves or for others. Come on. And then it says, but for him who died them and rose again. Now listen to this. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. I'm going to say that again. We regard no one according to the flesh. So when someone's getting fleshy on you, don't regard it. That's your freedom. When somebody's like, I was offended when, I'm like, that's your problem. You didn't have to be offended. I mean, if you feel compelled because you're concerned for that person and their character, it has nothing to do with how you feel, then go have a conversation. Otherwise, shake it off. 
right? There's, there's two different ways you can go. I like to tell people, they're like, should I approach this person? I'm like, if it had nothing to do with you, had no effect on you or anybody around you, would you still feel compelled to have that conversation with that person because you're solely concerned for their relationship with Christ? That like dismisses like half the things we want to have a conversation about. I'm going to call her and tell her, right? I'm going to call my husband. I'm going to tell him how I felt about that. Well, are you telling him because you're more concerned about you or you're more concerned about him? Because remember, a healthy boundary and healthy conversations has guarding both designs in mind. I'm just as concerned at guarding his design as I am guarding mine. You, you guys following this? So we want to regard one another no longer according to the flesh, and some of us aren't doing that when we look in the mirror. We're looking at ourselves, and all we see is our past, our junk, our failures, our anxiety, our wrinkles, whatever it is. And we're regarding ourselves according to the flesh. And the Bible says we regard no one according to the flesh. No one according to the flesh. So that's why it's so important that we understand God's design for you and the healthy patterns that God has set for you. So I did some demonstrations this morning in regard to um, reconciling. So we talked last night about reconciling, the bringing the soul into an alignment with the spirit, reconciling how I'm feeling with what is true. You understand your feelings will lie to you, right? They're not to be dismissed. They typically reveal us, point us, navigate us to a core lie, a message. So we want to navigate to the core message so we can reconcile the core message with truth. Okay? So your emotions are like roadmaps. They will navigate you to a message, and we want to bring them. But we want to reconcile those things. And this morning when I was demonstrating the reconciliation of false, foul, negative emotions with truth, you cannot talk yourself out of being anxious. Stop trying. You cannot manage your anger. Stop trying. And the Bible says it is for this purpose that the Son of Man was manifested to utterly destroy the works of the devil. And we've done a really good job tempering, managing, navigating the devil. Not letting people see it, know it, hiding it. But God wants more for us. He wants more for us. Everybody close your eyes for a moment. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus and we just thank you for the opportunity to really just press in to just the nuts and bolts of being challenged in every relationship that we have and being empowered to know that we have the power to change. We have the power to change us by your empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so God, I thank you, Lord, that we've been set free from feeling like we need to change all the people around us. Come on, there's freedom in that. Everybody just take a nice deep breath in and blow that false assumed responsibility out. Come on, that's a demon right there. False assumed responsibility. I'm respond I got to fix my kid. I got to fix my spouse. I got to fix my coworker. We just release that right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that even now we're feeling the freedom, the freedom that comes by saying, I'm going to own me. Come on, somebody say that. I'm going to own me. I'm going to own me. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to work on all of my relationships in my closet first. I'm going to work on all my relationships in my closet first. That's the empowerment that God has given to me. So, Father, we thank you that even right now hope is rising, not because our relationships are changing, 
but because our stance with you is changing. Mom, we're not concerned. Remember I told you that this, this weekend is not about all the relationships around us because healthy relationships has nothing to do with the people around you. It has everything to do with the presence of God within you. So Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to click subscribe so you can catch each episode every month. I want you to walk in your fullness. For more information about other services and resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Lisa Schwartz LLC. I look forward to connecting with you. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you.